As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Absolutely no pleasantries on this one, like let's just jump straight into it. It's not the fact we've lost, it's the nature by which we've lost. I cannot get my head round what's just happened in that Chelsea game in the quarterfinal of the EFL Carabao Cup, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I cannot begin to believe how we've let that slip away, going 1-0 up, defending for our lives, playing really well, comes down to bad individual errors in the dying embers of the game, and then how we can let someone whose head appears to have completely gone take a penalty in one of the most important penalty shootouts of our recent history and inevitably miss it. I I cannot fucking fathom that. As I said, I nearly put my fucking fist through the television screen after Trippier's penalty, but I guess welcome to talk the tune and you can't say (laughs) that. Hello and welcome. (laughs) Honestly, I like to be positive. I'm a positive person you know, very forgiving. Felt like I said four, three or four episodes ago, Trippier's fantastic servant, yada, yada, yada. Yes, he's had a bad day. You cannot blame him. Everyone mis- makes mistakes, but his head's gone. Why'd you let him take a penalty? Uh, Gray, what are your thoughts on that Chelsea game? I think you just sounding like how I want it to sound. We're backs, we're against it. And actually to end up losing it, I've always feel like we've been hard done by. I don't feel like the way we defended, the way the game panned out, we took our opportunity. We've been crying out for our team to be more clinical given those opportunities. And Wilson took that one chance today brilliantly, didn't give up. Like all our players do, Gordon's did it time and time after time this season. Wilson did exactly the same there, took his opportunity and then I do feel for Trippier. I think there must be a lot going on because didn't he leave the England squad as well for personal reasons and things like that? So there must be a lot going on there. But still, for a player of his experience, what was he thinking to try and head that ball back across goal? I don't know. 
I think he deserves to take a penalty on what you were saying there. I think he's one of the more experienced players. You'd like to think he is level-headed. Yes, he's a good set-piece taker. He's a good penalty taker. But when your head has quite clearly gone, he knew what he'd done straight away. He was straight down. His shirt was over his fucking head. Yes, we'd said just before he took it, he better fucking score this. That's what's going through his head. Change the order around. You can't just stick to a paper list of fucking penalty takers in that instance. You have to play the game. I think he should have taken a penalty. I don't think he should have gone third. That's such a decisive penalty. It doesn't matter where you go. Like, put him after the fifth one. That's fine. The type of player he is, he'll want to make amends for that mistake. He'll want to make amends for the three mistakes he's made in his last three games. And this was an opportunity for him to do that. And unfortunately, he missed. But should how have made the final call being a bit stronger in that position quite possibly probably yes but i i I don't have an issue with him taking the penalty i agree to an extent but you just it's game management for me hodgy i mean how many times are we going to talk about this we lose two players through injury sven botman comes back he goes off at half time don't know whether that was a tactical move whether that was pre-planned but our players are dropping like flies. We lost two against Fulham. Seems like we've lost two again today. The legs have completely gone in the latter stages of the game. We've defended for our lives, been back to the wall, and the inevitable was coming, and Chelsea have equalised in stoppage time. I mean, how many times is this going to happen to Newcastle United? <laughs> Probably even more, <laughs> I guess. Just with what's happened today, I'm just... Am I annoyed? Yes, I'm annoyed. Is it something that we are in fully control of at the minute? And is it potentially going to be a shining light towards the end of the season where we're going to have potentially a clear run-in where we have a a full week of preparation without the interference of a game? We have full rested players going in. We have people who can get out of injuries. This could actually be a bit of a blessing in disguise. I know I've barked on about the amount of games sound a lot like uh, Jurgen Klopp when it comes to it, but if we continue to do what we're doing and having these moments where we're just not thinking, it's going to catch up with us every single time, especially with the level that we're playing at and where we want to be. We're trying to get into the last four of the Carabao Cup. We're trying to get into the next level of the Champions League, but there's been a couple of mistakes, granted by one, but it could have been multiple players at this point. It's not just to make an example of Trippier right now. There's something about it at the minute which has just been a good bit of hard luck and you take the luck when it comes, and you'll always moan about luck when it turns against you. But there's plenty of positives to take out of what we've just done. We pl- turned up the Chelsea, who played quite a strong team. It was quite against us for the whole game in terms of the referee and quality, with a couple of things which we'll probably get onto in a second. But I think, for me, the club is going in the right direction still. We have improved our secondary players, if that makes sense. And if we can keep our full players or starting 11 fit at all times, I think we're really a good threat to have. So there's plenty of positives. I know it's, it hurts right now, but moving forward, I, I, I don't feel too much of a problem. Do we have to take a reality check? I also laughed really hard that I had to mute myself before when you were on your, on your ramp, by the way, Will, mm. so I had to put that out there. <laughs> but I think in the moment, you're going to feel shit. I feel a bit shit. I feel annoyed. But at the same time, if you look at the bigger picture, we're still in a really strong position as we are right now in our very early stages of a massive takeover of the club. You, you say that, but we need a reality check here. How are we showing progress when we've been dumped out the Champions League? We're two places lower in the league than admittedly we finished. We're not even halfway through the season. 
We got to the final of the same cup last year. We've been dumped out in the quarters. No doubt Chelsea will probably draw Middlesbrough at home, knowing our luck with draws. We've done fantastically well, I admit, to get to this stage, beating City, beating Man United away, you know, emphatically. This one should have really been in the bag, the way Chelsea have played this season. The fact we smacked them 4-1. Yes, on on paper, it's a 1-1 draw, but it's a game management thing for me. And I don't think this game has been managed well at all by Eddie Howe. And I love him to death. Love Newcastle United. That's probably why I'm passionately angry about this. But I do not think the match has been managed well. We absolutely could have seen ourselves through. And to have fucking Mikhailo Mudrik score their fucking equaliser, it's the cherry on the cake. In terms of game management, there have been times throughout the season where I think the games have been very poorly managed. Liverpool at home was a prime example of that. On that day, Howe was well and truly outmanaged by Klopp. Klopp played that game to a tee, keeping it a 1-0, bringing on Jota, who changed the game. Nunes got his two goals. And there's been a few other games like that. I think, again, Milan, probably a very similar scenario. They kept themselves in the game right to the end, snatched it when we've got the miles in the legs and are clearly fatigued for the amount of football we're playing. Exactly the same thing happened today. Chelsea pressed really well. It was all them, let's be real. Because we sat back. We sat back, but we, we we just couldn't keep the ball. And I think some of that may be down to how Chelsea play. They press so high and don't really give you a chance to gain possession. But I think whether it might be some of Howe's inexperience, still being a bit of a young manager, not having the Champions League exposure, having to play this frequently before... Maybe he's learning a lot as we go as well. And I think we, we still have to give credit. We were in the bloody Champions League. We got to, the, again, the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup a few years ago. We'd been dreaming of this stuff. It sounds like a lot of excuses for me. I'm going to be that harsh person today who's just like young manager. It's his 100th game for Newcastle United. He's had a long career at multiple clubs. He's a good manager. He's a good coach. We just have to look at individual instances, I think, in this occasion. 100%. Yeah, okay. Eddie Howe is a, a younger manager. If you take a, someone like Jurgen Klopp, he's 10 years as junior. He's only managed Burnley, Bournemouth and us. Whereas Jurgen Klopp has had Borussia Dortmund played in the Champions League with them for over nearly eight years, I think it was. We're still in our infancy, really. And so is Eddie. But you've seen so much that he can do against the younger teams. What he does is he gets better against the bigger managers as, as such. Like, and look at Pochettino. He's done it across the Europe as well when he was manager of Spurs. Yes, I'm annoyed that we've lost. Don't get me wrong. It's every time Newcastle lose, I, I do get annoyed. But at the same time, I'm keeping a very level head and thinking ahead of the future. Like, I think there's definitely more that the team are capable of. And I think strengthened in January and then moving through into the summertime for next year, but ahead of the next season, then we're going to be in a really strong situation. And I don't think we need to start pointing fingers at all. There's been a couple of errors that have been big areas in the game and they've cost us but if we can start really getting rid of them and being as super critical thinking as I suppose the Man City's have over the last couple of years and when Liverpool in the league they, they hardly dropped any points yeah. we're not that far off really mm-hmm. I don't think it's th- there's a couple of pieces to the puzzle that need to be finished off and I'm quite positive after seeing that today Yeah, we're playing a 17 year old kid in the Champions League and we're playing him in the Carabao Cup and we're looking pretty fucking solid Yep. Come yeah. on, man. Like You've got to take some positive out of this. Not all doom and gloom at this point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling this time around. And let, let's be clear as well. I'm not pointing fingers at, at Trippier. Uh, you know, I've said from the offset, I don't think he should have been taking a penalty 
given that it's so fresh and it's just happened and what will be going through his head. Yes, he's made an individual error, but like last time, look at what he's done for the club beneficially. He's completely transformed this club himself and Eddie Howe kind of being the flag bearers for this new era of Newcastle United. Like, love him to death, but he's had a shocker. But what we don't want is everyone getting on his back and using him as a scapegoat, I guess. I need to take collective responsibility, even though I thought generally the team performed really well today. And I certainly don't think that Chelsea deserved to win that game. They were not deserving winners and deserving semi-finalists in my mind. And I don't want to just sound like an embittered Newcastle fan. I genuinely think they do not deserve to progress. Do you want to talk about the red cards then? I was going to say, should we talk about (laughs) some of those incidents? Yeah, I just don't want to be one of those podcasts that's like, well, you know, lost, but it's because of X, Y and Z. But we have been, not robbed to an extent, but I think Chelsea are going to be very, very happy with the fact that there was no VAR in that game because within two minutes, Caicedo should have been sent off. Conor Gallagher should have been booked for diving. He then got a subsequent yellow card. There's no argument to say he should have been sent off. Mudric puts his hands on Bruno's throat, which is disgraceful. Uh, so you've got three players there that you could argue shouldn't be on that pitch. There was another attacker as well, was it Desai? Who Desai. missed the ball, studs up. Again, you could argue seen players sent off for similar tackles. They're very fortunate that that VAR wasn't present. But again, it's just one of them ones, isn't it? When the luck's not going your way, it's not going your way. But certainly Chelsea can't be proud of that performance, I wouldn't say. They will be because the rats, the fans. They, they can't, they they can't be proud. Like two, two players blatantly diving to try and win penalties. Well, I suppose Sterling's wasn't. I don't know why Sterling was diving in the corner, but you can't be proud of a victory like that where you've got two players just blatantly out to cheat. We gave Miggy so much stick for exactly the same behaviour. I thought Gallagher had a great game up until that point, and I lost all respect for that. I hope some of their fans got on their back for the way they carried on there. It's just not acceptable. Yeah, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong today. I feel quite doom and gloom about the whole thing. It's not like we've got anything to necessarily look forward to. But back to your point, Hodge, if anything, if any positives to take from this season and being dumped out of these cups is that it's a learning curve and these are vital learnings that we need to take into the second half of the season if we want to push on now that we're out of the Champions League and the Carabao Cup in the space of a week to go on and push for Champions League football again, right? Yeah, I think we've got a really tough journey ahead, to be honest. I think this year, with people like Arsenal, Liverpool really pushing on, Villa getting there and obviously Spurs performing well, we're going to really struggle for Champions League this year. I also did see earlier on, I think I was happy with probably a Europa League position, which I think we would potentially progress further. People might forget how early we've kind of gone out of the Champions League and with potentially, you know, say potentially easier uh, oppositions, we'll probably still get some sort of group of death where... Real Madrid finished fourth or something in the league and get get into our group. But I think when January comes around, it's a time to go, okay, this is the halfway point of the season. You've seen teams fall from this point and you've seen teams lead a charge. Depends what we do in the transfer window and when kind of our injuries get back to the 100% kind of health or at least kind of game pace health, then I think we can really make a difference. There was one thing that I, I did kind of take away from today and I was a bit, bit miffed about why Sven Botman starting straight away in, in a in a game that I would have seen as quite a decent bit of importance for this season. 
especially coming back from injury, maybe he's being rushed. I mean, we've already had Dan Burns saying that he's being rushed back. So I hope Sven hasn't been rushed back and hurt himself anymore. That's why he came off. But who knows? That said, his next couple of games, we've got a couple of games where we look at them and we go, yeah, they've got to be three pointers. We've got Luton Town next, which you've got to look at it and go, come on. This is again the start of our charge a little bit earlier. We're getting a run into January and also a potential shop window to go, you know what, if we pick three points or six points up in the next two games, I think it's Forest after that, is it? Yeah. We could potentially be knocking on the door of the Champions League spot. And if you've got any hungry players out there who want to move to the Premier League, the most competitive and most exciting league in Europe and probably the world, then then it's a really good shop window for us to kind of play about in. <clears throat> we are there. We are there about. It's how we pick ourselves up from these kind of points. This is a hard point in the early days of Newcastle United, but I mean, the players that we have there, I don't think Trips will be butthurt about today, but I think what you'll do is you'll really try and rally the troops and get them right. Okay, we now focus on the lead. Let's go. And I will lead from the front and I think we'll get a good push from yeah. January onwards. Yeah, we need to take this as motivation really going into those games. Pick up, dust yourselves down and crack on because we've got, as you say, Luton Town, then Nottingham Forest. But after that, we've got a really difficult run. We've got Liverpool, Man City and then Villa. At Villa Park, all back to back with Sunderland away, sandwiched in the middle of that. So it's really important that we continue the good form and the good performance against Fulham in the league and try and maximize as many points as we can from these next two games, absolutely. And so important that we strengthen as soon as possible in January as well. Obviously, we'll have players coming back in that time, but it's looking a bit ropey now. Gordon didn't look comfortable at all. You've got Botman, as you say, Hodge playing 45 minutes. Kraft went off at half time as well, I think. Yeah, bare bones stuff now. Really, really difficult and not a pleasant position to be in at all. Another person that might potentially be missing next year could be Dan Ashworth <laughs> with Man United. If the whole takeover debacle, whatever happens with that, actually fully go, I think it might have fully gone through, but I think they're looking to expand their stuff to potentially lose someone who has been quite key, I think, in terms of the movement forward and the planning stages of Newcastle. Dan Ashworth would be a, a big uh, loss. don't know how you guys potentially feel about that or where do you think the, the story might run with it. I think we'll probably just open the treasure chest and be like, do you want an extra 50 grand a week or a year or whatever the fuck he wants and keep him? I guess just to put some flesh on that, there's reports at the minute that with Jim Ratcliffe, I think purchasing 25% or investing yeah, 25%. 25% into Man United. There's talk that Dan Ashworth would be their kind of first choice for director of football at Man United once he's come in. Apparently some Dave Brailsford guy who I think was the Olympic cycling coach or something, wasn't he? He's like this fantastic coach is, can be very persuasive. That's what uh, yeah, he was, yeah. I hope it's not true. We're at the very beginning of a journey here. It's a project. And you'd think Dan Ashworth would have a bit about him to want to stay on and continue and see through what he's started. He's got off to a fantastic start with some of the players he's brought in. So let's hope that doesn't materialise because we don't want to be going in the, the wrong direction at this stage. A lot of it's probably hearsay. If anyone bought a club, I think Dan Ashworth's name would be one of the first names you'd mention to try and take your club to that next level. And I mean, we got there first unfortunately although I suppose he's did very very well at Brighton I hope that he sees the potential in Newcastle and can see that he can take us to that next level and hopefully get some silverware in the cupboards 
He was touted by them quite early on. I think it was 2018 or end of 2018 where they shortlisted him while he was at Brighton. But I believe that he would probably stay. I think he's very invested. He's obviously brought into the club to come to here from Brighton, who have also had a quite a similar plan. He's obviously seen this big esco. All right, we'll go to a quick break now and then we'll come back, talk about Fulham, a bit more positive, and then we'll move on to our predictions for the Luton game. So we'll see you in a second. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okie dokie, we're back. And yeah, let's let's turn this around a little bit. Bit more positive. We will be talking about the great 3-0 defeat. Win. Win. Come on. <laughs> the, stop being Nelly negative, man. I was gonna say the defeat of Fulham. <laughs> Let's chat about something a bit more positive. So we'll talk about the 3-0 win at home against Fulham this weekend. Just gone. Obviously, we've been in quite a poor run of form, losing to Everton and then uh, Spurs, both away. Back at Fortress St. James and back to winning ways in front of the home fans. 3-0 victory. Raul Jimenez sent off early for a WWE-style challenge against Sean Longstaff, <laughs> nearly taking his fucking head off. It was like watching the Hardy Boys all over again. Quite right. I don't know how he's arguing, how he's going off there, but but there you go. And then, I guess the most magnificent moment of the entire game is young Lewis Miley, who Hodgie mentioned before, getting his first goal for Newcastle United at the age of 17 in front of the Gallagher. I mean, what a fucking feeling fantastic moment for him right gray yeah we had a chat in the whatsapp group the other day saying like remember what we were doing when we were 17 <laughs> and for some of us we can't really remember what we were doing when we were 17 okay but yeah <laughs> i mean imagine the feeling to score your first goal for your boyhood club in front of a Gallagher. there can't be any better feeling than that and you just see just the response the club the players have had around him as well have just been so inspiring. And like you've had the likes of Dan Byrne come out and talk about him. We had Longstaff, Bruno after the game, just all bigging him up and just like great moment for the kid and just so proud for him and just so pleased he's playing as well as he is. And well, a bit of fortune in terms of the injuries and things. I don't think we would have heard of him if we had been keeping a funny... Uh, he had a pretty good preseason. I still don't think he would have played a lot of first team football. He may have played a Bjorn Cup game, but... 
you'd have been well down the pecking order. But so good to see someone local come through and make a big statement this year. Indeed. If I had scored my first goal for Newcastle at 17, I'd have been sent off for indecent exposure. I'd have fucking stripped to me fucking <laughs> nuddies and I'd have been fucking going around waving my arms and all sorts of other bits of my body around. <laughs> Absolutely going mental. I think my head would have just popped. <laughs> <laughs> But it, yeah, fantastic. And you can tell it really means a lot to him listening to his post-match interview. Yeah, it was a really nice moment for me and my family. <laughs> oh, hey, man, you just scored in front of the fucking Gallagher. You're from Newcastle. I know. He's not, he's be, not passed his I'd media be, exams yet, man. I'd be, I'd be crying my eyes out, man. Stood next to Big Dan Burton. There's like a cushion of safety. I'll be fucking crying. <laughs> um, speaking of Big Dan Burton, got another goal. Kept coming back um, from injury, which is great to have him back. Two fantastic assists for Bruno, actually. First of all, to kind of battle and just burst his way into the box, splitting the Fulham defence open to then pop it off to Miley, who slots it away nicely. And his second one's even better. Shit-free kick initially. Comes back to Bruno on the edge of the area, and he, as Ali would call it, a Trevelli. He Trevelli passes it, (laughs) which is just an outside-of-the-foot pass for all of you normal people into uh, Dan Byrne at the back stick, who smashes it home second time of asking. Miguel Almiron also back on the score sheet. Great assist from Anthony Gordon. Tries to pass it through to Callum Wilson, who's taken out in the box. Ball finds its way to Miguel Almiron. Fortunately, it's on his left foot and he smashes it home. If it was on his right foot, I'd probably back him to miss an open goal. But thankfully, of course he would, yeah, yeah. put it back on his left <laughs> Did that a lot today as well. Forgot, right? yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side, Will. You're right. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I genuinely think a right-footed right winger is a, a huge key to unlocking a lot of success for us. You need someone who's going to have that impulsive, instinctive, let's whip a super dangerous cross into the box. He's too um, predictable. Chop back, chop back, chop back. There's no running to the byline and flashing it across the goal with him at all. He still has his place. He's still a good player, but you just like to see us be able to switch it up a little bit more. And I think I'm excited to see that. Is it Yankuba Minter who's on loan at Feyenoord at the minute? Seems to have a really strong season, although I think he might be injured at the minute. There's lots of people calling for him to come back, and I don't know why we haven't exercised that. I don't think we can. I don't think he has a recall. Is it not until January or something? There uh, might be something I, yeah, about... there's some stipulation where we couldn't have got him earlier. Yeah, we, we right. wouldn't be able to add him to the squad, would we? Yeah, true. Otherwise, we uh, no. He's, he's, under he's, under, he's under. I think he's nineteen. Um, okay, yeah. So then, thank you. Be all right. But, but absolutely, there must be something stopping us. Otherwise, we would have had him straight back on a plane to Newcastle. The the form and the season he's having. But yeah, a good day at the office in the end. Obviously, the red card in the twenty second minute helped us a lot. But we were totally dominant. I mean, twenty seven shots to Fulham six. We had seventy one percent possession. Did I get that? It didn't sound right, but yeah, you you get what I mean. Uh, Just a totally dominant display. The downside being that we lost Joe Linton and Fabian Scher in the game. Fabian Scher pulling up with a hamstring, the typical pull-up of hamstring injury. And Joe Linton, I imagine, has probably just aggravated the injury that's been keeping him out for the last few weeks, but hopefully quite minor. And we should see them back soon because he'd love to see them smashing Luton Town and Nottingham Forest, who are managerless at the minute around a little bit. But yes, I mean, we can take some positives. The league form hopefully is going in the right direction. We've managed to nip that in the bud after the Everton and Spurs results. Actually, quick question, Gray, we'll go to you first. If you had one area where you could spend, I don't know, 30 to 50 million quid on one player, where would you be investing it? 
in January? Um, Hodgie think... frantically thinks of <laughs> who. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't like how you're always going to me first because it makes me look so unprepared. Neither do I, actually, because you always take fucking ages. It could be anywhere. I mean, I think we need another centre forward. There you go. That wasn't so hard, was it? But you also need a right winger. Well, gun to your head. You'd be fucking and probably sh- another right back. You know, if Grey was the mother in Sophie's Choice, I think both the kids would end up dying. Because he'd just be like, you never seen the film Sophie's Choice? No. That's bad. Basically, just given that I'm in a really miserable mood at the minute, it's a Holocaust film and the kids are going, are getting shipped off to a concentration camp and the mom has to make a decision between her children. One has to go and one has to stay and she has to make the choice, Sophie's Choice. Hopefully, if cheery, people cheery, are cheery. Cheery. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you both had understood the reference, it would have been a fucking class reference and a really good joke. Hopefully, our more accomplished and uh, well-learned listeners at home would have got that one. But but there you go. So, Gray, if you had a gun to your head, you'd be saying centre forward. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, injury-prone Callum Wilson and Isaac. He's not made of glass. Yeah, absolutely. You want someone who's going to be reliable. I would ask you who you might have in mind, but... We don't actually have all day. So Hodge, again, <laughs> same question to you. If you had, again, 30 to 50 million quid to spend on one player to strengthen our squad, where would it be going for you? As I say, I, I keep just kind of obsessing about this right-footed right winger. It'd be good to obviously have Harvey Barnes back, but we've never really seen him deployed on, on the right-hand side in his career. He's always been on the left. How just loves his inverted wingers. It seems to be the thing at the minute. It does. We just need to change it up. We need to have a plan B. In my mind, because plan A quite often doesn't work, just like today, just like Spurs. I mean, again, there's other factors like injuries and all that, but there you go. But again, I have no understanding of kind of FFP and where we stand on that front at the minute. I mean, we've driven commercial revenue on seemingly quite a lot this season, but whether that's enough for us to open the coffers to the extent we probably want us to, who knows? I don't think we're in a position to be losing any players or selling any players at the minute. I hear Mankio's worth about 50 million in a salary. <laughs> do you reckon? Yeah. Dodgy dealings. Just like say Maximan was worth 23 million quid. That fucking <laughs> oh, joke. Bullshit. I'm still bitch. Well, missing him, aren't we? Fuck me. That was a bit of an oversight now. I know it was all linked to FFP, rah, 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 but he would have been a very good player to have coming on in that 70th minute to try and change the game or see it home. Right. Coming to an end now, so I suppose we'd better do... I said Luton predictions before, but we'll probably record after the Forest game. So it's probably best to do both. But it's always very difficult to do because it's very dependent on how the first result goes. But fuck it, we'll do it anyway. And injuries. And injuries, yeah. Let's let's see who else we lose against Luton. <laughs> right, Hodge, we'll go to you this time so Gray can compose himself. Predictions for Luton away and Forest at home. Back-to-back 2-0 wins for Newcastle United. There you go. Probably haven't given Gray enough time. He'll be <laughs> shitting himself. Sorry about that. Um, oh, no, maybe, yeah. but there's so many factors involved. I mean, uh, so, uh, to, to travel, are they going to get there on time? Are they... Gray, yeah. you got it yet? Bastards, the pair of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's I not think... like we've been doing this for three and a half years and you don't know these questions are coming every fucking 11, week. 11,000 episodes la- uh, listens later. Not episodes, fucking hell. He's going to be dead. Slog. Yeah. Right, go on, Gray. Predictions for Luton Town and Nottingham Forest. I think Luton will be a little bit trickier than what Hodge says, but I'm going to go 2-1. And yeah, I think Forrest might be in a bit of turmoil, so I'm going to go for a 4-0 Ooh. at home. Nice. Like it. 
I'm going to go for a 1-0 against Luton for Newcastle, and I'm going to go 6-0 against Forest at home. 6-0? Yes. Someone's... <laughs> Where's that positivity come from tonight? Who's scoring then? Come on. Are you going to put any money on who's going to who's be at least... Who's scoring? Yeah, at least two at least two goal scorers in that then. Yeah, uh, Callum Wilson hat-trick. Uh, <laughs> Bruno gets one. Miggy with his right foot. Gordon gets two, I reckon. Oof. Actually, no, we're quite off. We're quite like a defender scoring, don't we? Okay, let's not go Bruno. Let's go Dan Burn. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'll put put some money on it. I'll be a millionaire by the time we get to fucking Christmas. Put an accumulator on. See what you get. <laughs> Should do actually. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, put it on Twitter. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I get 126 to one. Do you? But no, because I've just done my bets, haven't I? Oh, interesting. Oh, locked in. In already. Uh, let's have a look. Oh, we'll put them as a as a double. Are we? 80 to one for a for a six niller. 80 to 1, is that all? And what did you say, Will, for Luton? 1 0. 1 0. Newcastle. You are talking £606. Oof, oof. Hello. Houses. There you go. Worth a quid. Right, I'm going to chuck that on as soon as we finish recording. This is the last time we'll be recording before Christmas. So I guess all that leaves us to do is say thank you all very much for listening. Have a very lovely Christmas. And we'll see you after. Santa's been to drop off his presents. Hope you've both had a very nice Christmas, Santa's dear. Santa's on his way. Santa's <laughs> on his way. <laughs> uh, hope you both have a very nice Christmas, even though I'm going to see you in about three days' time. And we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. <laughs> oh, me lads, you should have seen us It's Christmas! It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.